This is the Shopify Dropify, hosted by The Cut. I think you have to research what's already out there and then find your point of difference. I think it's a constant learning journey and I seem to be learning more things about my business and how to operate my business and how to market my business on a really regular basis. So I don't do animal testing, it's all Emily testing. Oh wow. <laughs> Welcome to episode 40 of the Shopify Dropify. Listening to Ben chatting to Shopify merchant Emily Bathgate from the Purist Collection. Emily specialises in natural and organic skincare and talks about running a small business, building up e-commerce success and the lessons she has learned along the way. Thanks for listening. Hello, Emily, and welcome to The Cuts Podcast and thanks for coming along today to chat with us. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Can you introduce yourself in full and um, tell us about your business, The Purist Collection? Yes, so I am a qualified naturopath. I have a really special interest in treating skin conditions. I had terrible skin as a teenager. Okay. So it's something I'm very passionate about and very, um, yeah, have a lot of experience with having bad skin. So I had some challenges as a teenager myself. Yes. My I little think girl it's quite at the common. moment has some sort of viral kind of heat activated skin condition. Oh. So I hear what you're saying about the skin thing. It can be uh, yes. it can be tricky. It particularly can. when you're a teenager or a young woman exactly. or a young guy too, I think. Massive self-esteem impact. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So yeah. that's your niche and area of so specialization. So that's my niche. Okay. And I coincidentally have a natural skincare and natural lifestyle product business as well. So the two go hand in hand and my goal is to kind of help people to live more naturally. Yep. And um, yeah. Do they share the same brand name? Yes. Yes, they do. So it's all under the purest yes. collection. Yes. yes. Okay. So I thought that. I hadn't seen another brand, but I just wanted yes. to make that clear. <laughs> yeah. So all under the purest collection, and I am the purest. You are the purest yeah. yourself. Yeah. Very, very good. <laughs> um, so what started it all off for you, and when did you launch, and how long have you been in business? And tell us a little yeah. bit about the beginnings, I guess. So it's all started in 2013. Initially, it's very much a hobby okay. for me. Um, I was buying candles every week, at least once a week. For yourself? Yes. Okay. I had a real obsession going and I thought, okay, well, if I can keep buying them, why can't I make them myself? Yep. And I started selling to my friends and then to their friends and then to a couple of stores and I kind of realised, okay, this might be something more than I thought thought it was and more than a hobby. So it started with like a personal interest and exactly. a bit of a passion project for you. What yeah. was it called? Did it have a name at that point? It, I think that's actually when I came up with the Purist okay. Collection. So I, I started, you know, playing around on Instagram and things yep. as well. Um, and then end of 2015 is when I really launched okay. properly as a business. Yep. Um, started doing markets and started selling online and started selling to stores more often as well. And was that just candles or focused on candles at that point? It was candles, but I also started selling teas and then okay. started adventuring into the skincare because around 2013 is when I started my naturopathy degree okay. as well. And can I ask what were you doing like professionally or for money before you yeah. went in that direction? Yes. Completely different. Yeah, I can imagine I, it would yes. be, which is part of the reason I'm asking. I'm anticipating exactly. that it was very different. Were you like a football umpire or a burger chef or what were you doing? Tell Nothing us. that exciting. Okay. I was working admin jobs part-time, right. okay. but I was in fashion. 
So oh, right. I was a freelance fashion stylist and oh, wow. I had my own label for a little while as well. What was that label called? With Grace. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds very vaguely familiar. Where did you ah, operate? In Perth. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So from fashion to naturopathy? Yes. A bit of an interesting change, but there were some interesting things going on in my life at the time. My okay. mum was diagnosed with cancer. Wow, that is very, very yeah. heavy. And yeah. did that drive you to start thinking about health and Absolutely. alternatives? And yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, we found out that the type of cancer that mum had was genetic. Right. And I take after my mum in just about every other health aspect. Right. And I think that was when I started to go, okay, my health probably isn't amazing as it is. Right. Mum's cancer is genetic. Do I sit around and wait and see if I get it one day? Yeah. Or do I start thinking about how I'm living my life? Yeah. And mix it up a little bit and learn everything that I can to be the healthiest version of myself. Yeah, which is a good way of, you know, em yeah. empowering yourself in that exactly. situation, isn't it? Yeah, but then I wanted to empower other people too. Sure. Yeah, so that's when I really started to, I guess, become more invested in my own business because yep. it was a tool for me to be able to help empower other, other women and other people to... Yep become the healthiest versions of themselves. And your motivation too. was coming from, you know, your relationship with your mum and, exactly. and, and your, your own perception of, of I guess, um, your own heritage and, and yeah, the, yeah, I guess the risks that we all face in some way. Wow, well, that's a, certainly a very powerful motivation to sit yes. behind a business <laughs> as well as you obviously had a skew towards the, you know, the, the naturopathy style and, and homemade and organically made products Definitely. anyway. So it sounds like it was a merging of, of, I guess, two sort of passion streams. Exactly. And, yeah, well, that's a great way to be in a business. Yeah. Like, you've got the best things to, to, to motivate you and drive you forward. Yes. I, bet, I bet it really helps you engage with your, your clients on every level. Definitely. Yeah, it's hard to run a business, but when it's your passion, it makes it that slightly... Yeah. That slight bit easier. For sure. It's a really, really interesting story and an unusual one too. Mm. Um, well done to you. Thank um, you. So let's get into some, I guess, advice. A lot of merchants listen to you know, our podcasts mm. and, and, and call us at the cart and come to our meetups and that sort of thing because I think there's a, well, we know there's a huge amount of value in merchants hearing from other merchants because, Definitely. you know, either they've been down the same track themselves or they've got the same track coming up ahead of them. Yes. <laughs> um, so we'll get into a couple of tips and, and obviously we'll keep coming back to you for some more tips and tricks throughout the, the interview. But if you could go back to the beginning and restart your business, what are a couple of things you might do differently now that you're six years down and obviously yeah. have a huge amount of learning uh, under your belt now? Yeah. It sounds super cliche and it might be a bit of a cop-out, but I feel like if I changed what I did at the beginning, would I be where I am now? Okay. And who knows, maybe so I'd actually be more successful. So you're taking a no, no regrets <laughs> approach to this question then. <laughs> I have no regrets. Is, is there anything that you've learned along the way that you think, well, if I'd known that in the beginning, maybe from a technical point of yeah. view or a marketing point of view, like what you, where you might think, wow, if I'd known that in the beginning, yeah. I would have implemented that straight yeah. away? I feel like I have those moments every week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's a constant journey. Because yeah. it's always changing and exactly. your business is always changing as exactly. well. Exactly. Yep. Customers are always changing. The marketplace is always changing. The, um, I guess, 
industry is always changing too. So For sure. yeah, I feel like I learn something new in business every single week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if someone's planning to start their business, where do you think their focus should be? I think the first thing that you have to do if you're thinking of starting a business or if you're just starting out and you've got that passion to build a business, yep. the first thing you should do is research. Yep. It is really, really hard to do the same thing as 20 or 30 or 50 other people. Yep. So I think you have to research what's already out there and then find your point of difference. That is very, yeah. very, very good advice. Thank yeah. you. So I understand, <laughs> and I guess that research would be in the area of what products you're going to be launching yeah. and is there an appetite for them and who are the types yeah. of people who might engage with those products. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very good advice. We had, yeah. a, we had one of our presenters at a meetup give exactly that same advice to the people who are in sort of pre-startup stages. Mm. You know, don't just think because you think it's awesome or don't assume because you think a product is awesome that there's going to be a market yeah. for it. Do some, yeah. And there's some obviously some t statistical tools you can use around that to see you know, how many people are searching in your sector and yep. what that market looks like and that sort of thing. So that's awesome yeah. advice. And I think the other thing is you have to get to know your customer. Yep. You have to know who you were trying to sell to. For sure. And I think possibly before we were talking about things that I wish I'd known earlier and not trying to please everyone. Yep. And that's something that seems to go into my personal life as well, but especially in business, I can't try and sell to everyone. No. It's really, really hard. So getting to know fully who your customer is and being able to market to them specifically. And yeah, that's something that I've I'm still mastering, I think, if you ever can master it. For um, sure. Well, I think it's a constant <laughs> evolution, or it should be. Yeah, If definitely. it isn't, you might be in trouble. But yes. I think it's worth saying that the... You know, it's very, very hard to fight that yeah. urge to say, well, if you think about your business, you think, I want everyone to want yeah. what I'm selling. Yeah. But the cold, hard fact is that not everyone is yeah. going to. And if you can set up your messaging and your marketing and your products and your approach to your business, specifically for the people who are most likely to be interested, whether they're, you know, young men who are into motocross or elderly women who are into yeah. bowls or, you know, <laughs> teenagers who are into fashion design. It doesn't matter who it is as long as you understand that which set of people is your market. Yeah. And then you can start to shape your, as I say, your messaging and the way you engage with them exactly. specifically to those people. Yeah. Yep. I had a guy at a market stall that I was at once who was a biker. Okay. And he came and he was sort of hovering around my stall for quite a while. And I said hello and, you know, it was lovely to him, but I was really focusing my attention on this younger girl who was there who was actually my ideal customer. Right. And she ended up buying one thing that was quite cheap in okay. the end. This biker guy ended up buying about $500 worth of my product. <laughs> and so it was really strange, firstly, the lesson, I guess, to not judge a book by its cover. But second of all, I think it's important for me to remember, okay, I can't change now my marketing and start targeting to bikers because... <laughs> Well, maybe I think health that conscious bikers. Well, yes. I can't assume that they're all. <laughs> what 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 was his characteristic that would fit him into where your to to your market group then? 
Well, possibly he's buying for someone else. Okay. Maybe he's skin conscious, who knows? Yeah. So you didn't know, you didn't? No. Okay. But yeah, I think it was just interesting. It was a reminder to, yeah, probably I can sell to everyone, but do I change my whole marketing tactic to include bikers as well as my target customer? Yeah. Or, or <laughs> do the, I spread my horizons that far? Sure, or, or that the motivations <laughs> around um, your purchasing might not necessarily look a certain way. Exactly. They might not necessarily be the 18 to 24 year old yeah. young woman. Yeah. They might, there will be other people who share those motivations, exactly. which I guess is really what it's all about. If you yeah. can tap into those motivations and talk about answering their needs then yes. it doesn't matter if it's the bikey or the teenager yeah. who comes yeah. you'll be saying that this is what I do and this is how I can help it's you very which, true. Is, which is important that's yeah. a funny story though I can I can see the title of the blog article right now you know <laughs> the bikey and the teenager or something like that yeah that's uh, that's very funny so wh where have your biggest learning areas been in the six years of the purest collection mm. like where have been the, the parts of the business that you've you've you have learned the most or you've had to learn mm. the most well as I was saying before I think it's a constant learning journey and I seem to be learning more things about my business and how to operate my business and how to market my business on a really regular basis which yep. I think is good because sure. like we were saying things are constantly evolving and changing yeah um, but I think recently the biggest thing for me was finance okay and I started working with a, fin a business financial advisor. Yeah, very good year. idea. Yeah, best decision I've ever made, hands yep. down. Okay. I've spent a lot of money on business coaching over the years, okay. which has been helpful, definitely. Yeah, but not as focused. Yeah, yep. and this for me was a bit of a game changer because I'd, I've always done my own bookkeeping. Right. And I've got a pretty, I'm pretty confident with bookkeeping. I've done it in other jobs sure. in my lifetime. Okay. So I've got a pretty good understanding of, you know, money in and out and what I'm spending money on yeah but I had never really looked at it from a strategic point of view what are my goals how financially am I going to achieve them yeah okay where can I be cutting costs in my business where am I spending money on subscriptions for things that I've never even looked at and yep. forgotten that I'm spending money yep. on yep so that was a, a real game changer for me. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So a bit more of a business planning, exactly. a bit, being a bit more formal about it yeah. rather than just tracking your profits and yeah. loss and, and paying your invoices yeah. and making sure your money's coming in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. very good. Very yeah. good advice as well, I think, for sure. Um, so let's just touch on your experience, I guess, with Shopify. Did you start mm. with Shopify from the very beginning? No. <laughs> Sadly, I didn't. Yep. I went down the comfortable route. Okay. I had been at previous jobs that I worked in and for my fashion side of things, yep. I had always used um, WordPress. Okay. So that was my comfort zone. Sure, and it's the starting point for many, yes. many, many people. And it's a pretty good one. It's pretty easy once you've got your head around it to use. Sure. I, when I started my shop, decided to add in Big commerce to the mix okay. and combine the two. Oh, so you were just you weren't using WooCom, you were just using a WordPress no. standard website. Exactly. And then for e-commerce you went to big commerce? Yes. Okay. And then weaved it into my WordPress site. Okay. Which was a process and looking and back a little bit messy I would have Yeah, thought. it makes me feel a bit sick when I remember what it used to look like and I definitely would never have bought from a website like that. And I imagine that the management of two platforms would have been, you know, doubling your digital nightmare. workload. Yeah, for I sure. I was constantly Googling 
how do I fix this mess? <laughs> yeah, and can I ask that if people landed on your WordPress site and they wanted to purchase, they'll then yeah. go and clicked out to a completely different website with yeah. e-commerce. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was yeah. disgusting. I yeah. look back now and think, Emily, you were an idiot. Why on earth did you do that? Well, <laughs> as you said, if you didn't go through those lessons, no, you wouldn't be where you are right now. So exactly. how did you transition from there into and to finding Shopify then? So I came across Shopify when I was Googling how do I fix this mess. Yeah, literally that was your search <laughs> phrase, was it? <laughs> Something along those lines. Okay. <laughs> and I found Shopify and they had a 14-day free trial and I thought, okay, well, I've got some time to kill. I'll give this a whirl. Can I ask when that was? That was back in, it would have been 2015. Okay. So yep. when I was starting to properly think about, you know, how can I make this business an actual business sure. and I was so impressed I think I signed up after one day I wow. was like yeah okay I don't need 14 days this is um, this what were the happen. deciding factors for you then it was so easy yeah it was built for commerce yep. which is what I had been trying to achieve <laughs> through multiple platforms yeah all rolled into one sure and the ease of being able to pick a theme and in just inputting my own content yep. and then making little tweaks to make it my own, it was just so much easier. Yeah, so, so your, your, I guess, research happened in the testing process of having used other yeah. platforms and, and done it in a, in, a, in a sort of a bit of a hybrid and, and yes. sort of messy <laughs> way and probably messy for your customers and, and as exactly. I said before, you know, more difficult for you. Yeah. Um, what, was there anything, you know, that really surprised you about that transition and setting up the online part of your business in a good way? Yeah, I think what really surprised me when I was moving my business online was that it's actually quite hard to get people to find you. Sure. I kind of just assumed, oh yeah. <laughs> build it and they will come. Yeah. Ah, you're just a build it. Appear. Yeah, build it and they will, will yeah. come person. Yeah. We make quite a few of them. It's quite funny. My website was really pretty. Like, why wouldn't yeah. people why just wouldn't come people on just my website? Find me? There's only like six or seven websites exactly. out there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yes, that's when I really started to realise. Okay they're not just magically going to show up on my site. So SEO is going to have to be a big thing that I work on. Yep. And it's still something that I'm learning and working on as I go. Yeah. And you um, mentioned Instagram earlier. So obviously yeah. you have a presence on Instagram. Do you yeah. use Facebook as well? I do. So and social media became my best friend. Yeah. And content marketing, yeah. like, you know, sort of blogging and information yes. around health and your products. Exactly. And, yeah. okay. and learning alongside studying my degree alongside sure. building my business and my website was awesome because I'd do a unit or do a class for the day you and then go, well, on this tap. is cool, exactly. Yeah, right. I've learnt about this in a lot of scientific terms. I think that other people would really love to learn this. Yep. So kind of putting it into layman's terms yeah, yeah. and making it fun yeah. and interesting. And how long was about. it taking you to, you know, create a blog article that was, you know, decent sort of quality that yeah. you're happy with? Like, is that like two or three hours work for you? Probably, if that. Less? Once okay, I get on a roll Maybe a couple something. of hours, an yeah. hour to two hours, yeah. Exactly. And, that, and all of that content still sits on your website yes. now, right? Yeah. yeah. So it has so perpetual value. Trips. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's very, very good. Very interesting. Uh, I guess, you know, it's a good... It's a good, uh, I mean, there's always source content out there. Yeah. You were kind of lucky that your education was feeding you content, but I guess, 
you know, the alternative position for someone who isn't in that situation mm. is to do a little bit of research, mm. find some good source content that's been published by other people, exactly. um, bring it bring it in, use that as a starting point yeah. and then put your own business's skew and brand tone of voice into it, do Definitely. some rewriting, make it your own yeah. and, and then publish it. Yeah, and you have to, I think you have to be passionate about it. Same Definitely. with running a business, yeah. if, you, if you've not got that passion in what you're actually writing about. Yeah. Uh, it's the passion it's that gives it authenticity, right? Yeah. And, and that extra yeah. bit of interest. It's hard to write, but then also I think it translates for your customers. They're going to find it hard to read if it's for sure. <laughs> dull. Yeah. 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 It's a Definitely. bit of a, it can be a problem when you're outsourcing content to other writers who aren't directly engaged with yes. your brand. You kind of get that sort of that disconnect. Like yeah. technically and factually yeah. it might be okay. Yeah but the passion and the yeah. authenticity is yeah. in there. It's yeah. an interesting one, it's a tricky one. Yes, that's a bit of a learning curve I've had too, where I've at times delegated, you know, Instagram captions or something. Yeah, okay. And I use my Instagram as a bit of a knowledge sharing platform as sure. well. Sure, sure. Um, but having other people write things and then going back and thinking, oh. It's not quite right. Yeah. 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 No, that's a, it's a very good point. I don't, it's certainly not impossible, but it takes that real, the supplier needs to understand the brand, have a absolutely. strategy, a pattern to follow, understand a tone of voice Ab and be absolutely. able to slot into that. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one for sure. So let's talk, talk about, you know, the two central, I guess, things that, are, that sit at the middle mm. of any e-commerce operation is your products mm. and the people who mm -hmm. you, you want to buy them. So we talk a lot about this and you've already touched on it in terms of, you know, doing the research and understanding if there's a market out there for your products and who are the type of people who will want to buy them. Yes. You know, can you comment on that a little bit more in terms of getting that understanding of the products that you're going to be selling and also mm. the people that you're mm. going to be trying to reach? Yeah, you, you have to understand and you have to be confident and clear on what products you want to sell or make, um, where you want to sell them, who you want to sell them to, how you're going to market them, where you're going to market them, where you're going to sell them, how you're going to sell them, and combine all of that into an experience because so often we're told that people buy you and what you're doing more so than the product. The product itself, yeah. Because especially for me, people can buy natural skincare products or candles anywhere. Yeah. So for me, it was very much about understanding and being confident in why would they choose my product over someone else's. Sure. Yeah. And that's about being focused on points of difference. And, yes, and exactly. A unique way of telling your story that's true to you. Definitely. And have, do you have you documented, you know, customer profiles and that sort of thing? Like, do you actually sort of frame it up for yourself in any sort of way, like formally, or do you just use it mm. based on your own direct experience? I have never done it formally, and I sort of wish that I had, but I think having done this for a while now, I'm quite confident from, and I think actually selling physically at markets and things has helped because online you can only know so much about the customer. Sure. So having both the online and physical 
and combining the two yeah. has been really helpful for me. Yeah, so you're having yeah. that direct face-to-face -face contact exactly. with the people who are your customers, so you get that fuller version yes. of, of who your customers are. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we had um, uh, Christy Dempster present on um, customer profiling mm. and understanding, and she was sort of talking about different... I guess headings that you can start to write information down and I yes. think it is, a ha I mean to say it's formal is probably like talking it up a little bit but to actually <laughs> think about it tactically under certain yeah. headings like where are they, yep. you know, geographically but also where do they spend their time exactly. online, are they more like Instagram people, are they more Facebook yep. people, yep. Uh, are they too old or young for yeah. either of those, yep. you know. And just and what are their needs and wants? Mm. What are their challenges? Mm. How can you solve them? And mm. just documenting a few mm. of those things in a few lines can really help as Definitely. a touch point. Absolutely. Um, and particularly as a business's team might grow as well, you have to share that information yes. with other people. That's when it becomes yeah. really, really valu valuable. Yeah, that has there has to be that across the board clarity on what you're doing and who you're doing it for. Yeah. 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 And yeah. how did you go about choosing? you know, what your first products would be and how you would create them mm. and um, and present them to your customers in the online environment. Mm. I have always and will always sell products that I love and that I use. Yep. So it's always been, I mean, even when I think back to the candles and I was obsessed with buying candles. Yep. And I was buying a lot from big brands who farm them out really quickly. They smell great. But I was starting to think, okay, you know, with the health picture, all these colours that are in the candles, am I breathing that in yeah. when I burn them? What impact does that have? Yeah. How can I make my candles a healthier version? Yeah. Making sure that I'm not using paraffin waxes and things. So luckily soy wax is so popular now and it, there's a, a good reason for that. You know, it's so much... Um, healthier to be breathing in absolutely sure. and then the quality of the fragrances that I'm using and and why am I using them and yeah so I always use my own products and if I don't I don't sell them and that's to the skincare as well absolutely yeah absolutely all okay. of the skincare so your own experiences feed your product development yes. and then once you're happy with it for your own yeah. skin you yeah. you let it, you share it with yeah. other people yeah. for use in their homes yeah. or on their bodies I yeah. guess so I don't do animal testing it's all Emily testing oh wow <laughs> well that makes it very very safe I think there's probably a blog article in that for you Emily like uh, thank you we're coming no up with content ideas yeah. here no animal testing Emily tested yeah. only <laughs> <laughs> very, very good. Um, has your like understanding or practice around presenting your products online, whether that be on your Shopify mm. site or in your social channels, mm. changed over time? Like, it might be you know the way you describe them or the amount of information you include, yes. or, or the photography is always a big one. Photography is a massive one. Yeah. And again, looking back to when I had my first website and thinking about the product photos I use. Yeah. Um, and even on the Instagram account, I'm. If you go right back to the very beginning, yeah, uh, um, and aesthetics has always been a really big thing for me. So, yes, I'm constantly updating product photos and making sure that they're. And do you I take want. them yourself? No, I okay. used to. Yeah, I was going to say. So the evolution <laughs> is usually I start yeah. with my yeah. iPhone and yeah. taking the photos myself, yeah. and then maybe I get a little bit better at that myself. But then I realise. Yeah, someone else has the skills. To yeah to make the products look nice in photos, so. And have you got like, awesome. have you sort of established a distinctive photography style for yourself over that yes, time? Yes, yeah. yeah, 
my I think if anyone sees my Instagram account, I have a very strong aesthetic for my brand. Yeah, which is the purest collection yeah, on Instagram. Exactly. So look yes. Emily up, please. Yes, and the whole name I want represented in my products Perfect. and the way they're displayed. And so it should. Yeah. You know, so Pure it should. And, yeah. Yeah. All of that should drive out, out of, if not directly out of your brand name. Mm. Um, with you, you have a good opportunity to do that because mm. your brand name is very descriptive and yes. aligned with, with the core product, but certainly out of the brand and what you stand yeah. for, those things should all drive the style of your photography. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Very, very good. And what about like, um, you know, content around the, mm. the product? Are your customers mm. interested in, I imagine they're interested in, in ingredients. Yeah. yeah. So I, at the beginning, and even up until probably a couple of years ago, kind of just assumed that people knew what my products did yeah. and why they should use them. Are we talking candles or skincare, skincare more? Probably more the skincare. I think sure. candles are quite easy for people to, to buy. You like one that smells yeah. nice, yeah. your house smells exactly. lovely. Yeah. And as long as people know that, then they're comfortable with Did it. Did you notice we have an aromatherapy atomizer I as you did. came up the stairs? That was yeah. the first thing I noticed. Oh, there you go. And that's not just for you, being a naturopath. We you do. whipped it out today. Some of our, my staff complain to me about it, so we don't put it on every day, but I do like it. <laughs> Yeah, so writing, I actually rewrote all of my product descriptions last year and I now have ingredient highlights that really get, get deep into why I've chosen those ingredients and what that ingredient means to my customer. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's, so that's getting really, really clear. Yeah, very good, very good mm -hmm. advice. So mm -hmm. you said, okay, what are the real points of difference in terms of my ingredients, yeah. what are the reasons I chose them, what are the benefits to my customers, yeah. and now you describe that in yeah. the text on the product pages. Yeah. Because and especially example. with something that people are going, a product that people are going to smell and feel on their skin, if they're buying it online, they can't feel it. No. They can't try it. There's no tester bottle. Exactly. So all that I'm relying on is the photo, but mainly the product description. For sure. So maximising that description. Yeah. But yeah. I think I think in any product it's really important to focus on the benefits, bring it to exactly. life for the customer. Yes. Uh, even if it's a throw cushion or a couch yeah. or you know, the, the fabric in, in your fashion yeah. garments, to yeah. describe that in an authentic way yes. that's genuinely informative, that information helps the customer in yeah. whatever way it needs to. Yeah. They want to know if they're buying it. Yeah. That Why, is, what it's going to do for them. That's the informative yeah. sales pitch version of mm. on e-commerce, isn't it? Yes, yeah. precisely. Yes. That's very, very good advice and I'm glad um, you went in that direction. It's interesting <laughs> to, to hear how you approach that, but mm. I really like that idea of pulling out the key ingredients and talking, yeah. talking about them. Um, we're always having conversations with merchants about their branding and how they communicate yes. and we're obviously, this is a nice segue into this. Mm. Um, your niche was obviously pretty clear from the beginning yeah. um, and you had that, that personal motivation around you know, healthy ingredients and organic products mm. and, um, and I guess safety and um, being ethical and all those sorts mm. of things. Mm. What was it like for you to develop your your brand, I guess, in line with that niche. Mm. And by brand, I don't just mean your logo, but mm. your, your name, the logo, mm. yes, but the story behind the brand, mm. the imagery and how it's presented. Mm. How, how was that in the beginning and, and how much has that changed? In the beginning, I think, I think, as I said before, aesthetics have always been a really important thing for me. And not, not just with my logo, but the imagery and 
everything and if you ever come to one of my market stores or a pop-up or anything in person and seeing that whole product display everything has yeah. always and I've I mean even my Instagram account my Instagram feed if you ever see it you'll probably get the hint that I'm a little bit OCD. <laughs> okay. That's a good thing when yeah. you're presenting yeah. a brand visually. Yeah. It's, it's all about data. <laughs> but I've always been a very creative person and coming from that fashion background, sure. I think feeds into the way that I It, it I would brand. do. Your stylist background yeah. would be a massive exactly. asset to your visual marketing. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that paid off in a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Purist collection was your first name. You haven't yes. changed that. No, yeah. I've never and changed And your logo, my name. have you changed your logo at all over I time? Have. You have changed your logo, okay. Yes. And so, what motivated that and what, what sort of, what did the change look like? Yeah, my, at first, my business, as I said, started as a hobby. Yep. Really, I wasn't thinking of it as a business. Sure. It was a fun thing for me. Sure. So I think my logo, it was, it was cool, I guess, but it wasn't really after a while matching my brand yeah my products and my ethos and the way that my brand was growing yeah, it didn't fit it was lagging behind yeah. and i needed a refresh sure. and i was talking to a friend who was um, actually selling my products okay. in a um, pop-up store in Fremantle. Okay. And she is a graphic designer. Yeah. So it worked really nicely that she was selling my products. She knew me. She knew your products. She knew my products. And so she offered to rebrand. And I'd, I'd never really properly thought about it. I didn't, I didn't even really think I knew what a rebrand was. But yep. I did that in 2017. Best decision I've ever made for my business. Yeah, okay. Um, it was another set of eyes. Because when you're looking at your product and your brand all day, every day... <laughs> you lose perspective. Exactly. Yeah. So having that fresh set of eyes and also it was a chance for me to reset my products and what I was doing and the formulations and even pricing. Um, but also it was a nice chance to come in and kind of reset mentally and yeah. have that kind of fresh start. Yeah, I think that's yeah. re a really good point about rebranding is it's mm. not just changing your logo, no. it, could, it often does and really should flow right through everything exactly. and it can result in a reinvigoration of all sorts of different Definitely. aspects of your branding, your marketing, but also your products, your mm. pricing, the way you communicate to customers and all yep. of those things. So yep. it's interesting to hear, hear you say that. Yeah. Um, what would the key advice you'd give other merchants about around branding and messaging mm, given mm. that you've gone through that evolution mm. with the purest collection? Yeah. Your brand should always reflect your audience, but I think most importantly it should reflect, reflect you and your business. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're an extension of your brand. Completely. Yeah, you are included in the branding. I think you, as much as your logo, are your brand. For sure, yeah. the personal brand that's attached to the exactly. business. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And whether you're getting your face out there or not, I mean, people are still going to see you, whether it's your stockists or your customers, if they're picking up orders or however you're, you know, if you're doing videos on social media, etc. people are going to see you at some point. 100%. And if you're not your brand, there's that, Oh, Not completely. that authenticity. Well, well let's, let's, let's think of a comical uh, example here. Imagine if you were running the Purist collection in your personal yeah. Facebook feed, you're eating <laughs> at fast food chains yep. twice smoking. a week and smoking <laughs> and waking up hungover. And, you know, there would be a very bad disconnect yeah. there. And I think it's worth pointing out that you're quite right in that personal brand idea. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, pretty much every 
business owner, whether they're e-com or not, will have a LinkedIn page that's exactly. personal. They will have a Facebook page that's personal. Yeah. And it's worth, not that you want your personal Facebook page mm. to be taken over by your business, but no. I think it's always worth keeping that in mind that yeah. people are probably going to look you up in yeah. your personal channels and see what sort of life you're yeah. living and what sort of person you are. Definitely. And certainly in LinkedIn, I mean, the, the, the skew there is definitely professional and you should align your, your profile mm. with what your business stands for mm. and delivers. Yeah. yeah, it's a good point, really good point. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting that you've touched on your, I guess, the physical part of your business. So you mm. consult with, with, do you call them patients? Clients. You consult with clients yes. about their, their skin health and um, so you have that physical engagement. You're not mm. just online. You've mentioned mm. your pop-ups. Mm. Um, so it's always interesting to, to talk to people who have the physical and, and the online. Do the yes. two work together for you? Absolutely. And can you take us through what some of those, you know, I guess synergies look like mm -hmm. with them not being separate? They mm -hmm. are working together? Yeah, so as I was saying before, my product, and I think it depends on what you do, but for me, my product is something that people would love to try. So for me, having that physical where they can come and they can smell and they can feel and they can look at and hold the product, yeah. for me, that is one of my best sales tools. Yeah. And it's something that I miss being purely online. For sure. So having the opportunity to enable my potential customers to experience my product physically, yeah. and then they buy it and then they jump online and they rebuy. Okay, so this was, so that they're making their first physical purchase from you in person yes. all the time? Or no, just most, not okay. always. But then obviously you're pushing them, or not pushing them, that's the wrong word, but you're yes. encouraging <laughs> them and making them aware that you sell online. Exactly. So if they come in for a consultation but they don't actually purchase, then yeah. you're following them up to, to, to get them to your website yeah. where they can purchase. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah makes a big difference and you've already and talked about in the online you've expanded your customer experience so they can yes. get as much detailed and relevant information yeah. about your products yeah. i guess to replace the yeah. idea that they can't actually put it on their yeah. skin in the online yeah. yeah because realistically i can't reach every customer physically of course not. and that's a pro of selling online that you can sell to anyone that's anywhere right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so the the geographical expansion is massive, yeah. and then you, we need to we all need to work out ways around yeah. the fact that well they can't pick up my yeah. product, and, and yeah. that's all about making the product photography high quality, giving them as many different angles mm. that are relevant to your product, mm. the, the salient information about mm. how it's built or constructed, or in your in your case yeah. formulated, and what are the key ingredient yeah. messages around that. Yeah, that's really yeah. really interesting. Um, We'll start to wrap it up, I think, because mm. we've been chatting for a good little while and we like to keep it to about half an hour. <laughs> you know, digital people have very short attention yes, spans. Yes, I'm the same. You're the same, are you? Good. Well, I'm, I, I guess I kind of am as well. <laughs> we understand what people are going through. Mm. What does the future look like for the purist collection, Emily? Like, where do you yeah. see things changing or going in the next year or two for you? So, my ultimate goal, and I think I'm slowly but surely touch wood getting closer to achieving it, which is really exciting. Yep. Um, as we spoke about, I consult with my clients for, as a naturopath, but I also sell my products and I'm really passionate about both. Yep. So ultimately my goal is to have a physical 
store slash clinic where I make the products because all of my products are made by hand by me and sure. I formulate all of them. Yep. So having a space where me and my staff can formulate and make all of the products yep. and in the same place actually sell those products yep. but also offer um, clinic consultations. Yep, okay. So having that kind of one-stop shop yep. for everything, yep. um, that's my ultimate goal. But obviously in the very short term, having more products, selling online, expanding online, yep. um, and more stockists as well. So it's about balancing that really experiential, physical side yeah. of it for you. Yes. Um, and you can imagine, you know, a bit like having an open kitchen, you know, it'd be cool to yeah. have people be able to smell the production and yeah. see your guys or yeah. you and your team actually mixing and the ingredients you use. That could yeah. be a really sort of beautiful part of the experience for your customers yeah. in the physical. and and using that as you do now to sort of drive through to the e-com mm. and, and, and I guess also if they're in Perth yeah. and your location mm. remains here that you'll be using the the e-com to encourage people to come mm. in and experience exactly. the, the actual store and see it yeah. all happening. Yeah, that sounds awesome and very, very exciting. And at the same time I want to be able to share that experience with people online who can't get to Perth. Sure. Yeah. Videos. So exactly. Yeah, video stories would work well for yeah. that. Uh, kind of an, an obvious one, I guess. But obviously, there's um, there's planning and production costs involved to do that really mm. nicely, mm. which you you would want to do. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> going to take you some time if you're OCD to uh, get that video right. But the the good thing now is there's so many you know really affordable, good yeah. quality video producers out there that there it, is. it is very very accessible. Mm. Do you have any final thoughts or insights for for, um, our Shopify merchants, um, you know, any last little thoughts or bits of advice you might want to give them? I think kind of in line with the little bits I've given throughout, keep learning, keep asking questions, keep Googling, keep searching, um, yeah, to build build your business from both a personal and you know, e-commerce point of view. And, and keep uh, expanding your understanding yeah. of your customers. Ex exactly. That's yeah. probably the biggest thing. Yeah. And, yeah, constantly make sure that you're in touch with what your customer is wanting and how can you offer more to them and give them a, a better experience. Yeah, Definitely. awesome. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the Cuts Thank podcast. You. It's been really nice to have you in today for a, a chat and a conversation. Really, um, some really interesting and unique stories behind your brand, the purest collection so thanks so much for coming in thanks for having me thanks for joining us if you're liking our podcasts please share them and let us know what you think we have more episodes coming up with shopify merchants e-commerce experts and app developers we drop one episode every week so stay tuned if you'd like to feature your business on the shopify dropify then call ben at the cut or hit the cut.net.au and get in touch thanks for listening access e-commerce expertise from the cut anytime Visit thecut.net.au and connect on Facebook and LinkedIn.